Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Health Chats Among Friends. My name is Deidre Kindred. I'm a nurse advocate, educator, and navigator. And tonight on Health Chats Among Friends, we have two great things going on. Number one, I have a wonderful co-host, Sue Wallace. Sue, would you say hi? Hello, everyone. Sue Wallace. I'm a certified senior advisor, also an advocate um, for anyone that uh, just can't advocate for themselves or doesn't choose to advocate for themselves. I can certainly step in. I bring uh, about 30 years experience, especially in the personal assistance arena and uh, other points. So I love to help people. So I'm excited to be here tonight. Thank you, Deidre. Um, thank you. I couldn't do it without you. And we have a special guest tonight who is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Medicare. We have Cindy Ward and she is phenomenal. Cindy, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, thank you, Deidre. Thank you so much for having me on your program this evening. I'm so blessed, and I really hope we can share some good information for your listeners and watchers. And Sue, it's always a pleasure to see you, my dear. Always, always. I have been an insurance agent for 20 years. I started my career in the long-term care insurance field, but once... Um, my parents passed away. I had to get out of that whole area because uh, they both had Alzheimer's for a good long many years and got into health insurance, which tr quickly transitioned over into Medicare for me. It is my, uh, it's really my niche. I've really enjoyed it these last uh, five or six, seven years that I've specialized in, in Medicare. Oh, wonderful. Well, we're lucky to have you. Thank you. Wealth of knowledge. So tonight, before we had, you know, started recording, we started talking about the importance of everybody's turning, when people are starting to turn 65, it's so important to get a head start, especially in this day and time. So Cindy, I'm going to hush up and I'm going to let you go ahead and take that lead and I may jump in with a question or Sue may jump in with a question. Thank you. Um, well, Medicare is a benefit that American citizens receive by virtue of having paid into the Medicare and Social Security taxation systems. The place, historically, the place you go for help to apply for Medicare is the Social Security office. However, in March of 2020, because of COVID-19 and the pandemic, Every social security office in America closed. Ladies and gentlemen, they are all still closed. Wow. And they're behind. You apply for Medicare to the Social Security Administration, and about the only way to do it is online. Oh. Once you get to the right place, it's a fairly simple procedure. Getting to the right place can be a bit of a challenge for those of us who are not, we're not raised with a computer attached to our one hand or the other. Um, today's young people never had a toy that didn't have an on and off switch. If I broke it, I had to try to figure out how to fix it. If they break it, they just restart it. 
Um, and so we're a little on the challenge side sometimes figuring these computer things out. Add to that the fact that there are now 11,782 people every day turning 65 in this country. Just a, just a little bit of math will give you a feel for how many people every day are faced with this, oh my gosh, I'm suddenly 65. What do I do about Medicare? Do I have to do it now? And for many, many, many years, age 65 was the full retirement age for all of us. Mm -hmm. At age 65, your boss came in and thanked you for your service, invited you to get off his payroll, told you that what you needed to do was run down to the social security office and sign up for social security and get your Medicare going and buy yourself a supplement and have a nice retirement. And that was it. There, there was no deciding how far past 65 you were going to work. So for people who don't have an employer-sponsored group health plan that provides their health insurance when they hit 65, listen, you must make that choice to go on to Medicare at age 65. If you wait until your full retirement age and the people who are celebrating their 65th birthdays this year, that full retirement age is 66 and a half. But you don't want to wait till then and then decide to do something about your Medicare because you will face a late enrollment penalty that will last the rest of your life. And you don't want to deal with that. <laughs> now, there is that that's for people who do not have a group employer sponsored group coverage at work. If you do and you are going to continue to work and continue to use that insurance, you're good. You get a special enrollment period when you do quote unquote, lose that insurance. Now you can lose that insurance because the boss walks in one day and wishes you farewell, or you can lose it because you walk in one day and bid farewell to him. You can lose it because you retire, or you can, you can lose it because you decide to keep working, but you want to go on Medicare. You don't like that insurance anymore. It got too expensive, so you're going to go on Medicare. For whatever reason, you no longer have that insurance. You get a special enrollment period that keeps you from suffering that late enrollment penalty, and it allows you to enroll in whatever plan of your choice without the need to show insurability. But that's only good if you have been continuously covered under an employer-sponsored group health insurance plan since before you were 65. So if your boss walked in one day a couple of years ago and said, listen, I can't afford the insurance anymore, but here's 500 bucks a month. Go, go get yourself some insurance. That is not group health coverage. That does not get you that exemption. So if you are, are 
getting close to 65, or if you have friends or family who are getting close to 65, please encourage them to start early. And by early, I mean at their initial enrollment period. Medicare rules state that when you turn 65, if you were born between the second and the 31st day of the month, then your first day on Medicare will be the first day of the month during which you turn 65. Okay. So if your birthday is in July, the 28th, your first day on Medicare will be July 1st, even though you're not yet 65. They know that, they had to set it up somehow. That's just how they do it. If you're born on the first of the month, like somebody that is right here on this screen, <laughs> then your first day on Medicare is the first day of the preceding month. So you get that month, your birth month or the month before, depending on when you were born, plus the three months before then, your birth month and the three months afterwards. And as long as you get signed up during that seven month period, there are the only health question that can be asked of you is this. In the last 12 months, have you smoked a tobacco cigarette or have you used any other form of tobacco? And as long as you can honestly say no, then you get the preferred rates on everything you want to look at. And if you have to say yes, because you're still smoking, I can't be the first person who's told you that's probably not the best idea for your health. And secondly, you get standard rates as opposed to preferred. But that's it. That seven month period. Now, if you start at the beginning of that first of those three months before your birth month, that's the best plan. That gives you plenty of time to get your application in and the government plenty of time to get it processed. That can get into a whole different long conversation. Just know you need to start ahead of time. Please don't wait till the month during which you turn 65. It gets really difficult and hectic and frustrating and very, it can be a little stressful to put it mild, mildly. Yes. Cindy, yes, ma'am. I might just add that um, one of my sisters had a retirement from the school system and she had made an election uh, on time or within the time restraints but then she had some other health issues that came up. And so uh, we contacted Cindy and Cindy was able to um, change her election uh, before the time elapsed. And that was so wonderful. So I can't tell you how much, you know, you need to be prepared. I mean, what Cindy's saying, it happens to a lot of people. It just happened to, to our youngest sister. And so, uh, but thank you, Cindy. But I just, it just reiterates what you were saying as far as people need to be prepared and know when they're making choices that they're making the right choices for their health conditions at that time. 
Yes, it's people ask me all the time, well, which is better? Should I take one of those advantage things or is it better to have a Medicare supplement? There is no right answer to that question. The, the, the goal I have for each of my clients is I want you to choose because you know what you're getting into, at least to the best of my ability to help you understand the, at least the basics. You don't have to become a specialist, but you do need to know the basics of what you're walking into because I want you to set your expectations to fit what the way the plan works that you choose. Because if you think it does ABC, and in fact, you chose the one that does XYZ, you're not going to be happy with it. It isn't going to perform as an insurance product the way you wanted it to. Now, no insurance covers every little thing. That is just a myth. It is not free. Nothing about it is free. But if it works the way you understand it is going to work, then you can be ready when you have expenses because they're in line with your expectations of how this policy is going to work. And that's reasonable. That, that leaves you, listen, as we go into our retirement years, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there's plenty to lay awake at night and worry about. And how you're going to pay for your Medicare supplement premium or how you're going to pay for that copay if you go into the hospital on an Advantage plan, those shouldn't be things we worry about. Those should be things we understand when we choose. Uh -huh. And that tends to help people understand that they really are free to make the choice that's best for them. Right. And it seems that they like it because I get lots and lots of referrals uh, from happy folks who say, oh, once I understood it, I was, I thought I was going to do this, but I wound up doing that. Or I, it was exactly what I thought it would be. It doesn't matter to me. My, what my goal is for it to work for you and your health situations. Many times the decision is made because a spouse is not yet 65. And if they come off that group plan, the spouse loses their coverage. Mm -hmm. Well, now what? Now, what is that spouse supposed to do? So many times I've, I've been known to say, if I were your sister, I'd tell you to stay on that plan. Keep your wife covered or keep your husband covered because this is not the age at which to be suddenly out of insurance. Right. It's not a good time. True. Yeah. Do you have any tips that someone would come to you, like something basic for people that, to be able to ask when they come to you looking for a plan? Do they need to have their health record? Do they need to have, is there anything that you need? Um, if they take medications, mm -hmm. having a current list of your medications spelled correctly, oh, it's really hard to look them up if they're misspelled. Um, the number of milligrams per day in each capsule or tablet and how many of those per day you take one a day three a day whatever that helps because sometimes the 
drug coverage under Medicare is very, very different than what we're all used to in the work world. Drugs that have been covered sometimes under an employer plan very well, Medicare doesn't like to pay for those because there might be an older form of that class of drug that's way less expensive. So Medicare won't pay very well for that expensive new version, but they'll pay really well for the old one. So knowing that sometimes the drug list makes the decision. If we find that this particular plan pays for those drugs really well, then many times people decide to, they'll shift around their doctors to take advantage of that because it's great to have the doctors you've had for 20 years, but if your medications cost you hundreds of dollars a month more, is it worth it? Is that really where you wanna spend your money or do you wanna kind of get to know a new doctor? Because if you've been with the same doctor for 20 years, I have news for you, that doctor's considering retiring. <laughs> One of these days, he's gonna, you're going to get a nice little letter in the mail that says, I'm so sorry, but at the end of 2023 or whatever year it is, we'll yeah. be closing our practice down. I have the names of four people that you can go to. Uh-huh. So you're going to lose them anyway soon, exactly. you, if that's the, the case. You may as well take this opportunity to look around for a gerontologist. Now at 65, look, we're so much healthier than the 65 year olds were in 1965 when Mm -hmm. Medicare started. I mean, this bill that created Medicare, it's called, are you ready? Health insurance for the aged and disabled. (laughs) that's literally the name of the bill but in 1965 we were only projected to live a couple more years we were aged and disabled back then so okay no wonder medicare doesn't pay for glasses and hearing aids and and dental i mean you were going to be dead in two years why would they spend all that money but now there are it's very, very different. So you don't need a gerontologist now, but with 11,782 people a day turning 65, do you think maybe in another 10 years, those gerontology practices might be full and it might be hard to get in? And so maybe it's not a bad idea to look at a few and see if you can find one you like. to move into the future with. So those are some of the things I I ask my my clients to look at is let's let's really be sure about your prescriptions. Oh, oh, they're they're covered, no problem. I pay zero for most of them. That's nice. And it may work that way under Medicare, but it may not. And it's not a thing you wanna guess about. Yes, and I'm gonna have to. That's that's the number one most important thing is to have your list of medications. I like that with the dose and the times that you take them because medications are the foundation of your health. 
The, well, no, I have many people who don't take any. Yes. And they want to skip that drug plan. Mm, really a bad idea. Because if you don't get a drug plan, when you're first eligible to do so, and you wait five years, and boy, now you've got a big bad diagnosis of something big and bad that has real expensive medication. So you look into getting one. Well, you can get one, but now you're going to pay a late enrollment penalty and it lasts the rest of your life. And it isn't little. It oh. sounds little. 1% per month for every month you waited when you could have had one and you didn't. So if wow. you wait five years, that's 60 months. That's 60. Oh. That's 60%. Uh -huh. And people say, well, 60% of what? Good question. 60% of the then current average price of a Medicare Part D plan. Oh. So if it was $40, yeah. you get to pay 60% more of $40. So that's another $24 added yeah. to your drug plan every month. Yay. Let's don't do that. So there are some inexpensive ones out there for people who don't take any drugs at all. Mm -hmm. And you get to change your drug plan every year during that annual enrollment period from October 15 to December 7. You'll know it's there because every other commercial on television is about Medicare. <laughs> That's how you know it's time. Yeah. And it's a good idea to review your drug plan every year because the plans themselves change. What plans cover your drug this year may not cover it next year. And you don't want that to be a surprise. And that's so frustrating when you learn that because as a patient advocate, ooh, you're- Yeah, it gets hard. It gets really hard. And especially if the medication has been working Yes. And then now you want to shock your system because you can't afford this one anymore. So that is so key. It is. It is. And I've known people that did not make that choice. And that 1% really affected their life. And so uh, the, a lot of people think, well, it's just Medicare I have to worry with, but it's not. We have to worry about Medicare Part D, which is the medication part of the equation. So good point, Cindy. Glad you brought that up. Oh, thank you. Now, the good news is if you choose a Medicare Advantage plan, mm -hmm. they, they're actually called MAPD plans, Medicare Advantage Prescription Drug. Most of them have a prescription plan built into them. Now, if you are a veteran and you're registered to use the VA for your medications before you hit Medicare, you can continue to use the VA for your medications. And there are MAPD plans out there that are actually called MAs. They don't have a prescription drug plan. So as long as you have a uh, the VA or one of the VA's plans, uh, TRICARE for Life, one of those, if they cover drugs. TRICARE doesn't cover drugs, by the way. But if you have a credible plan, you're, you're good to go. 
To be credible, it has to be as good as Medicare's plan or better. And it's $7 a bottle, the VA is a better deal. So for those who get it, that they can. Now, many people get one of those cheap plans anyway when they're a veteran because they don't wanna to have to go all the way to the VA to get an antibiotic if they have the flu or something. So um, it, th there's a lot of flexibility if you know what's available. I view my job as an educator. I view, I, if I can teach you how to work the system, then you'll be happier with it. And because if you don't know, I promise you the system will work you. Exactly. They, it will. It will grind you up and spit you out. And that's not what our golden years are supposed to be about. Yes, yes. So, Miss um, Lindy, if someone wanted to find out more, because you have such a wealth of knowledge, we could do a podcast every night <laughs> for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, thank you. To find out more about the tips and the knowledge you have about Medicare and just being able to decipher that. What is the best way for someone to reach out to you to find out? Well, I'm glad you asked because I am not allowed to call people first, even with a referral from a good friend or a client who says, oh, you have to talk to my sister or my next door neighbor. I can't call them first. They have to either call me, text me or email me. So my phone number is 817-880-5632. You can text me or you can call me, either one, 817-880-5632. And my email is what I tell new folks to put me in your phone is this, medicarecindy at gmail.com. That way you don't have to even remember my name. You just start typing Medicare into your phone and I'll pop right up. <laughs> MedicareCindy at gmail.com. Great email. <laughs> Great. Well, awesome. Cindy, I can't thank you enough. And I'm so sorry we're out of time, but you have held in on some wonderful tips. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much. If I can help you, either one of you or any of your clients, it's my pleasure to do everything I can. I really enjoy watching people go from really worried to really relaxed and confident about what they're choosing. Awesome, awesome. And that's what it's about, they're having that confidence in the choices that you make. All Peter, right. Thank you so much. And Sue, it's so good to see you and talk with you. You did. Your, all the kind words you said are very much appreciated. You did. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Health Chats Among Friends, where we bring you reputable resources from our local communities. Tune in next week for another amazing guest with more amazing resources. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Deidre. Thank you, Sue. Good yeah. night, everyone. Good night.